welcome to this episode of the Live Revised Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend and just absolute expert when it comes to this topic of anxiety. Her name is Catherine Dean, otherwise known as the Hype Girl, and her and her brand just exists to inspire a life that puts fear and anxiety in its place. So you already know this this just beats with my own heart. Uh, While giving rise to courage, bravery, and boldness, she is on a mission to help you live your best hype life. For Kat, after suffering debilitating anxiety and panic attacks, uh, she became really inspired and mission-filled to live her hype life with a positive attitude. So she created the Hype Girl podcast and then decided to launch her own brand, the Hype Life Collection, to help raise awareness about anxiety and to help individuals live the hype life they deserve. She's been on a mission to empower her followers to discover their hype life. Her message reaches audiences through her social media feeds, through her live events, and her podcast to lead them from freedom from shame, self-worth issues, and debilitating fear and stress so that they can live a hype life. Kat is a mindset and mentor coach. She really has a lot of practical, tactical advice for us today in the episode, and I can't wait for you to hear more from her. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I feel like my coolness factor just went up a couple of degrees because (laughs) it is the coolest circumstances that, first of all, we even became acquainted and became friends, but I have loved watching your journey over the last year, but I know it didn't start just in the last year. So take us back a little bit. Tell us the inside scoop that's necessarily not in your bio and kind of how you traveled to where you are today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. I love that we've like really circled back around to one another. So thank you again. Um, so my journey has not been linear um, at all whatsoever. <laughs> Whose is? Really? No, right? <laughs> Whose is? Honestly, um, I mean, social media makes it look like it is, but it is not. Um, I six years ago, we'll take it back. Six years ago, I was under extreme amount of stress, um, anxiety, and just my overall well-being and how I viewed myself, how I took care of myself and a lot of trauma from bullying just from the past. I think I've carried it or I carried it around forever Mm -hmm. and I didn't even really realize it until six years ago, I suffered my first panic attack and I was in a bathtub, which is supposed to be the most relaxing place on earth, but clearly it doesn't discriminate. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I had this panic attack and I thought I was dying. So, um, I ended up getting rushed to the ER and I had more and I had more and I had more and it was just trips to the hospital. And finally I was assigned a cardiologist and I would say over the span of like three to four months, we did like all the testing. Cause you know how long it takes to do the testing, get the results, try something else. And, and he gave me a clean bill of health, but he said, look, you are suffering from panic disorder and extreme anxiety. And he was like, I know I was so upset, honestly, because I wanted it to be something. Mm. I wanted something tangible. I wanted it to be like, Hey, look, you have this going on. Here's some medicine for this. Or like, you know, here's this, like it's an illness or something. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is definitely a mental battle. This Mm. is going to be really hard. And so I really went on this journey of really deep diving into myself, working on myself, rediscovering who I truly was. And first it 
started with fitness because the fitness world, I guess, is the gateway drug is what a lot of people tell me. <laughs> it's, it's the gateway drug into social media and everything. And, and it just started with me really taking a good look at my lifestyle, my habits, how I was treating myself. And my body basically just said, mm -hmm. look, we're about to give you some interesting like events because we can't take this anymore. We can't mm -hmm. handle this and you need to like shape it up. <laughs> wow. So would you say in that moment, like, I'm just trying to think about that emotional reaction to it's not a physical thing I can just treat with a pill, but it's something deeper. Did that feel almost like there was shame or brokenness feeling there? It was like you were, something was really wrong with you. Yeah, no, that, that moment, um, I remember I was bawling in his, in his office, like, you know, and he was consoling me and everything. He's super sweet. Like still to this day, touches my heart. You know, he was like, if you were my own daughter, I would tell you like, look, you are so healthy and I know that you're going to be able to get through this. And, mm -hmm. you know, he kind of explained to me how adrenaline was and he explained to me what it does to our bodies. And, and he was very honest with me and he said, I don't want to just kind of prescribe you medicine or something. I, I want you to try to get into a really good fitness regimen, clean up your diet and see how that helps. And he explained to me how that has a connection to our mental health as well. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in that moment, I mean, I cried in his office and then I got in my vehicle and I just cried again. Like, I remember just bawling because I'm like, I don't know if I was cut out for something like this. Like if it was maybe an immune disorder or like a vitamin deficiency or something like it, it sounds terrible to want something like that versus the mental battle. I, I just was like, I am not a warrior. Mm. Wow. Well, I would imagine like having a vitamin deficiency is... I don't know, for some reason that would be more socially acceptable, I think, than a mental or emotional deficiency, if you want to call it yeah. that. And so how do you work past that embarrassment or shame? I'm, I can attach probably a ton of different descriptors to that. Oh, yeah. To where you even begin to like welcome the work to get out of that took a while. I mean, I remember I kind of became ostracized at work um, because I was, you know, the, the girl that was just living within the fear. You know, I, I feared everything. I feared myself and I was pretty ostracized. I feel like it a lot for a while I became um, agoraphobic. So I just stayed at home all the time. I was really scared to leave the house. Um, you know, we couldn't really go out and do anything because it's like, am I going to have a panic attack? So I'm mm -hmm. already worrying about that before we go do anything. And it, it was really shame. Like at one point I remember thinking like, this is really embarrassing. It's shameful. And I don't think unless you're going through it and you're actually in those feelings and that fear, cause it's your fight or flight that's taking over multiple times, right? It's just happening over and over again. You know, other people can't understand it. So when they're telling you like, just calm down or, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, people would joke and be like, you know, just like grab a joint, you know, like just smoke something, you calm down, you know, like this and that. And it's, it's so easy to say that on the outside looking in, but there was a definite shame factor that I had to, I think I had to really recognize and accept that like this was happening. Mm -hmm. And if people weren't going to accept that, if people weren't going to support me, if they, they weren't going to support me in the way I needed, like, there's nothing I can do about that. And I really do think that diving into some kind of fitness regimen, and then I ended up hiring a personal trainer. She was my, I leaned on her. I mean, we, I feel like sometimes we talked more than we actually, you know, worked out, but I mean, I, I leaned on her and finding someone that could understand it because she had suffered anxiety as well was super important. So if you are out there and you are going through that, 
I really recommend finding some kind of support group or someone that's going through it because at that time, I didn't really have the online space mm -hmm. really six years ago. I didn't, you know, have support groups and everything. So I really do recommend finding someone because they're going to make you not feel so alone. Yeah. Yeah. So make the connection. I mean, I think we maybe know from like basic phys ed class and some basic human anatomy class that there is a connection between exercise and physical activity and our mental emotional health. But take us a little deeper than that. Like what did you do and what benefits did you see and how long did you take to start reaping the benefits of, of that work? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the way I was taught is that whenever we were, we had all this pinup adrenaline going through us, right? A lot of us sit all day, even these entrepreneurs and stuff, they're not really getting out as much. Um, office nine to five women, my corporate women that are, you know, boss CEOs were sitting a lot and we're at our desk. And, and I was explained that the adrenaline is pumping, right? So it's pumping through our body and it has no release. So it's kind of cycling over and over and over again. And because of that, it, in, it ignites that fight or flight. So we mm -hmm. get those palpitations, we get sweaty, we, we feel anxious for no reason or like that hits us. So for me, fitness was that release. And that is why when we move our body, it releases that pinup adrenaline. And also, you know, we have the cortisol. So those cortisol levels end up like, you know, going through the roof. And that overall just helps us maintain a healthy balance of all of that inside of us. And for me, it gave me, it gave me like a boost of confidence too. Like I felt really good. Now, of course, at the beginning, I'm not going to lie. I was so scared to get my heart rate up. You know, it took some coaxing from my fitness coach to be like, look, your heart rate is going up, but trust in the pro like trust in the process know that this isn't a panic attack but your heart rate's going up because it's actually like pumping it's releasing that adrenaline and it's got somewhere to go so when she made that connection i'm like okay that's yeah. cool you know that I, I get it now but um but afterwards i started to feel better and i started to feel more in control um my panic attacks i think for the like the next two years i had panic attacks but they weren't happening weekly, daily, like they were as the more I worked out, the more I moved my body and just worked on my overall, like general health, they started to decrease. And then one day it was just like, oh my God, I can't even remember the last time I had a panic attack. Mm. Like, you know, that, that, that calendar started getting longer and longer. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like I, I did it. Wow. I did so someone who's listening to this, may understand the things that you say when you talk about um, you get anxious for no reason, you know, you kind of feel that tension rising up in you. And maybe we aren't at the extreme that you may be, right. be at, but that's still a warning sign for us, right? To, to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I know it's hard when we're, when we're working or maybe it happens while we're driving or something like that. But, you know, when I am working with clients, I always ask them, like, if they feel that, you know, in the moment, just kind of take a second to recognize where it's at, what's going on, kind of what are you thinking in that moment? Like there is a step-by-step -step process, like ask yourself what you're thinking in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, don't, don't judge yourself for those thoughts at all. And really ask yourself, you know, I even tell them, go a step further, put your hand on your heart and ask yourself, like, what do I need right now in this moment? Mm -hmm. Do I need to get up and take a break? Do I need to go walk? And if you're someone that works from home or something like that, like, do I need to step away from the computer and go read a book for 10 or 15 minutes? I mean, ask yourself, tuning into what your 
body and like just honestly your soul is like craving in that moment is mm-hmm. so so important because sometimes our body gets anxious and we start feeling that tension and we're we're here we're seeing those like physical symptoms long after this the other subtle signs that's mm-hmm. usually when it's like okay like come on i'm knocking at the door like some like hey look like reevaluate do a check in how are you feeling that is so important so that it doesn't get to that fight or flight moment where you're waking up and you're a ball of stress. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I think our bodies uh, tell us a lot about us and what we need. And that self-awareness sometimes is so hard, but you're right. When you get to the point where you're requiring, you know, a little more intentional approach to dealing with that, you've probably gone too far. <laughs> it's probably gone too far. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely, I love, I love when I work with people, like seeing them develop that like self-awareness and being super intentional. You know, it's like my clients are, you know, they're coming to me, even my, my past one, you know, she was like, I'm super intentional about, you know, how I go about my day. And if I'm feeling a certain way and I'm, and I want to remind everybody, it's, it's such a journey. Like Mm -hmm. you could have two or three really, really great days. And then all of a sudden, like one day, something happens and maybe you react instead of responding and and that's okay. Like give yourself some grace because we are humans and we're, we literally sometimes live in a class case full of emotions, like on hand. I mean, it's so true. Yeah. I know for me, there's moments where I get super zoned in on whatever I'm working on and it can be good. And I guess that's kind of a thing to remember that um, anxiety can come from obviously negative trauma or, you know, negative circumstances, but also can come from positive positive circumstances, just, you know, like mama used to always say too much, even of a good thing is still a bad thing. You know, you gotta yeah, keep, keep absolutely. things in check. But I guess I think about myself and I know that there's those times where I'm really pushing for something or working on something. And I sometimes don't recognize when I'm getting maybe short with other people or, um, even, you know, my, my movements of my body around the house is more, um, sharp and yeah. And, and a little maybe, bit more aggressive or yeah, sharp. Yeah, yes. yeah. And my husband will spot it in me first and he'll say, I really think you might want to take a break. And then of course my reaction is, I don't need to take a break. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm like, Oh wait, I think I probably need to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that wasn't me. That was someone else. <laughs> what just happened there? You know? Yeah. Um, and so it's funny because it, man, sometimes we are the last people to pick up, you know, on that. Um, but it is real. The things that you have described seem like, well, let me back up first and say in our podcast episodes that we've done in the past, um, when I go back and look at the ones that are the most popular, they are centered around, I need hope. I need, you know, to feel more confident. I need less anxiety, less stress. I mean, it's so much in that same vein. And that was episodes maybe we did last year. So now let's roll the calendar forward into 2020. And we're sitting here in the midst of, you know, reeling from this pandemic. And some places we're still not reeling yet, you know, are still very much into it. And that stuff just has to amplify um, anxiety for someone. So what do you say to somebody who is in the throes of that and all the repercussions that come from that, whether it's financial stress, you know, fear and emotional issues, um, to now 
we're headed right into the holiday season and there's no break. Like you don't get a chance to come up for air before you're right smack dab in the holiday war zone. You know, how are we right. going to navigate this right now? If we're already feeling pressure, we're already feeling anxiety from what's happened so far this year. Where's the hope for us in this season? Oh man. I feel like there's always hope if we, if we're actually looking for it. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times our focus can be on the negative and, and what's going on around. It's not to say that it's not real because it's happening all around us. We're, we're actually, we're living it. Right. But one thing to be mindful about is, is that our brain seeks out more of the negativity. The brain is trying to always keep us safe and like trying to always tell us, you know, like, Hey, don't do this or don't do that. Or what if we do this? But it's finding that glimmer of hope during all of this, like finding something that you can actually lean on. I mean, I've had conversations with people that were just reeling during quarantine and now, you know, we're getting up in the holiday season. And it's like you said, there's no time to, you know, catch a break or come up for air. And it's, for me, it's telling them, figure out what you can focus on. Like, mm -hmm you know, and just steps, just multiple, figure out what you can focus on that you can control, right? Because there's a lot that's out of our control. So what's one step towards alleviating this holiday season for you? What's one thing that you can start doing now that will take the burden off once that holiday season's in full swing? Mm -hmm. And also lean on that glimmer of hope. Like don't ignore really leaning into joy and, and finding the hope and the silver lining and things. There are some people I've worked with that were really, really upset about quarantine and everything. And I said, you know, as, as hard as it may be, flip the perspective. What's something that has happened because of this? What's something mm -hmm. that you have created? What's something that you've learned? And then it's like, they go, oh my goodness, you're right. Like I actually um, read through this series. And one of my friends was like, I picked up this instrument, you know, like I never, she was like, I don't play like the, the, the violin or anything. And she did like during this whole thing. So it's really, it's multiple things you can do, you know, really figuring out what you can do to prioritize, to unburden yourself in the holiday season. Mm -hmm lean into the things that are bringing you joy and just that perspective shift and release these expectations because oh. 2020 expectations went out the window a long time ago. So I really do believe it is an awakening period. I do believe it's a period that we can learn a lot about ourselves or what we want to do with our life, you know, either way. But if you, you made it and you got out mentally stronger, you're doing great. And if you were somebody that started to work on creating something, that's great too. I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do this year. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you mentioned, you know, expectations. Cause I think always around the holidays, we kind of enter, we tend to enter the season with this expected idea that it's going to be this holiday, you know, joy. That's a Norman Rockwell painting that just is a Christmas card waiting to happen, you know, and sometimes it's just not the way it is. And we already put undue pressure on ourselves to perform, to show up, to look a certain way, act a certain way, you know, and it's maybe an emotionally charged season anyways for you. And then you hype on these expectations that you have no hope to reach. You know, you're just really right. sinking your ship there <laughs> before you even set yeah, sail. Absolutely. And I think too, it was a really good reminder to as much as some people were really reeling from quarantine, I know a lot of people are extroverts and they just love getting out. You know, I've, I'm at one point I was missing my family. I was missing my sister and my nieces and nephew and, and all of that. And it was hard, but I was like, man, we've 
always, and this is another thing with anxiety is we're always in momentum. This entire world, like all of us, we're all like, we've all been kind of on this rat race, even mm-hmm. myself included. Like it was such a time to pause yeah, and to slow down and some of us not do anything. Yeah. And that is so valid. That is so okay. Yeah. I think that we, as individuals, but I just so happened with the, with the pandemic, we saw it more across, you know, the globe, but I think we, as people go through seasons and we have to recognize the season we're in. And if we're not in a season of growth and we're in a season of waiting or, you know, a season where we're cultivating something, it's a-okay to not be conquering the world in that season. Uh, I think about when um, my husband's uh, his father was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, there, that really wrecked our family for a while. Like it was, life was not normal right then. And we were, you know, helping him get to doctor's appointments and dealing with hospice. And my husband came home from work to take care of him. And just a lot of life kind of got undone then. And nobody looked at us and was like, oh, we can't believe you didn't restart your business. We can't believe you didn't decide to like take a sculpting class. You know, it's like you have total permission right now to just like not do anything extra and just survive the season. And that's an extreme situation. But how many of us go through a season that kind of gives us something maybe we weren't expecting and we don't allow ourselves to have that same grace to just kind of put everything else on the back burner while we're dealing with this or while we're trying to work through something and that it's okay, you know, to kind of have those ebbs and flows, you know, with life and with your own self. And you're right. Putting a pause button there for the pandemic, man, we needed that. Yeah. Lots of reasons and lots of ways, but you know, that's kind of a good thing that came out of it for sure. Yeah. And I think like for me, just two things to add to that really quick. It was figuring out that I fell in love with our neighborhood trail, like the gym's closed. So I wasn't going to the gym. And I mean, there was a part of me that was like, oh my goodness, this has been a part of my life for like six years. Oh, what am I going to do? And I was like, who am I without the gym? And then I realized like, man, you have attached like your identity to the gym and to lifting. Like, what did that, what was that doing for you? And then I started walking the trail and now me and my husband walk the trail a lot outside, like after work. And a lot of times it's like, I supplement that for my daily movement. I'm like, man, maybe it's a day. I don't feel like going to the gym, but that walking trail is beautiful. Now we see all these birds and we have like inside jokes around all the big cranes that are inside the lake. So that it's stuff like that, that I feel like really came out of quarantine. And also just a reminder that we don't always have to be up leveling and leveling up and going to the next level. Like when you're on a level and you've had some growth, like stay there, like smell the roses, enjoy it for a little bit before, you know, you have that itch to do something again. Yeah. That's so good. I like to remind people that plateaus are not a punishment, but it helps you recover and rest for the next level of your climb. And too many times we want to rush past the plateau and just always be on an upward climb, but you can't do that. You physically, mentally, emotionally, you can't. And that's why I think sometimes that gets people in trouble because they get to the top of whatever they're climbing and realize they've sacrificed everything to get there. But the plateaus allow us to, like you said, smell the roses and to really appreciate the journey and to not lose sight of the things that are really wanting us to take oh, the journey yeah. in the first place. Oh yeah. And, and a lot of times like that, that anxiety and that worry, we're 
we're so attached to these results and these outcomes. I, I've been there. I have been there and it's, it really does block us. I feel like there is a level of surrender and just enjoying and being in the present moment. And that was one thing that my clients, a lot of them, you know, it's like living in the past and worrying about the future. And I'm like, well, those things technically aren't real. Like, you know, the past is gone and the future not happened yet. So you only have the current moment. So how are you going to make the best of that and just let go of those attachments to the future and that, that whatever you may be feeling towards the past, because yeah. it doesn't define you right now. Oh, so, so good. So, okay. If I'm at family Christmas and I'm in the kitchen feeling a panic attack, I can't drop the turkey and go run for a, a dumbbell, you know, and start working out. So tell us kind of some things maybe we should be looking for that might be some good warning signals. And what do we do in those moments to kind of give ourselves, you know, the talking to or the talking down to, to help us get through maybe that moment of anxiety and panic? Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the, the, oof, one of my panic attacks actually happened while I was driving, <laughs> while I was driving, which was actually really scary. Um, but the reason I knew that it was about to happen, so I pulled over, is um, one of the warning signs is, is like feeling flushed all over, like from head to toe, like I felt this warmth um, go over my face. I got really red. And then I trip my, usually we'll want something like our hands, maybe even our legs will tremble a little bit, you know, and then it's the heart. Your heart slowly starts beating like a little bit faster and a little bit faster. And then finally it's out of control. And by that time though, that's usually when you can get really dizzy. Um, I've had moments where like, I completely blacked, like completely blacked. Luckily it didn't happen while I was driving, but those are some of the warning signs. Like look out for the increased heart rate. You'll feel dizzy. Um, you might have something, one of your hands or legs or something start trembling and definitely feeling like flushed from head to toe. Okay. Um, during a panic attack, I mean, if, as long as you understand that you have, you have a clean bill of health, I just want to reiterate that, like making sure you have a clean bill of health, but understanding that it's your fight or flight, I always, the best thing that I can do is to my best ability and to my clients is breathe through it mm. and really have a mantra that works for you. I know it sounds like it's so cliche, it's easier said than done, but what happens is if we don't do these things and we don't remind ourselves or have a mantra or even just like in that moment, just sit down, have someone next to you and write it out because you have to write it out. Like, I mean, I've rarely heard of people that are like having panic attacks and like they stop them mid, you know, you got to write it out, sure. but breathing, having a mantra, you know, I am fine. I am okay. I am at peace. Um, whatever is going to help you, but breathing is really, really important because we want to hyperventilate and we want to start going, oh my God, uh, you know, just trying your best to breathe through it because that is going to help it not be as intense as it, it could be. Mm, and that breathing is going to help control the heart rate too. Kind of yes. that feeling. That's good. Yeah. And so, I've heard some people use to, um, ice, like some mm -hmm. people have had ice, um, and when they're driving as well, um, like cold water or even sucking on ice I've heard, uh, does help. Nice. That's good. That's good stuff. I love that because that's all things you could do and no one around would look at you weird if you were like in a group of people, you know, no one would be like, what, why is she doing that? And, like, that's, and that's good to point out that you could be, you can have one that's not debilitating mm -hmm. to where, not that they're not debilitating, but to where they're not like going to put you on the floor where you're curling up or something like that. 
you can have them and nobody's noticing because I have had one where it's just my heart rate went out of control mm. and I'm just standing there, you know, in a group of people just waiting for it to come back down. So they're not always like, there's not a certain look to them, kind of yeah. like anxiety. It's not always visible. So one of the things that you've developed um, to help people is um, a guided meditation, which I received and it was really fantastic. Um, I can't say that I have a stress or anxiety to the point of, you know, the same kind of panic attacks you have, but let's face it, we all have moments that are a little, you know, tense for us and whatever we may be doing. And so I love I love what you shared. And so we're going to give people the chance, the opportunity to connect with you, um, to get that, but talk to us about your newest project you've, you've got out. That is this, um, message or conversation to have with yourself and maybe even some of those messages that we might be saying to ourselves that contribute to some of this, you know, anxiety and stress. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for the feedback, by the way, on the guided meditation. I yeah, it was that. really, really great. I wanted to listen to it mostly out of curiosity. Like I wanted to see what it was about. Yeah. Um, and meditation's been something I've just started kind of like exploring in the last year. So I'm always curious to like listen to different guided meditations. I really, really liked it. You did a really great job. So that's, I didn't get paid to say that by, you know, anyone. That's no, no, honest no. opinion. <laughs> But I you guys need to check it. the show notes and get your copy of it or get it, get it sent to you. Cause it's really good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I think I, I think I even like surprised myself because I'm like the hype girl and like, you know, all of that, but being able to bring my voice down to that, um, octave and that level, yes. that was, that was really cool. Like that was a cool experience for me and being able to see other people's reactions to it is really cool. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. So let me jump on something real quick for you jump into your new project. You mentioned, you know, being the hype girl. So what is so cool about this conversation is that for me, I know you as the hype girl, that's like all about chart in charge and empowering people and, you know, getting people to, to see their best self and love their best self. And I, my message is very similar about, you know, purpose and go for your goals and, you know, live out your passions. All of that sounds like counterintuitive to mellow, less stress, less, less, less anxiety, because we're normally in those, in those two roles, hype girl and goal-driven girl, you know, push, 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 drive, drive, drive. But you and I both, I think probably through just hard lessons, I've <laughs> learned how to balance that a little bit to yeah. where we know the beauty of the push, but we also know the beauty of the rest. And you can be in both of those places. Um, sometimes I think the rest part, the downward part, we see as maybe we attach that with laziness or not being productive or not our finest moments. And so we maybe shy away from those things, but there's still so much beauty in both of those lanes that we really need, you know, to run into. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you uh, mentioning that. And I think that that definitely is something that, you know, I've always prided myself on like really finding that inner hype girl and just me knowing that other women have that ability to like, we all have one in them. So uh, we have all have one in us, you know, but I wanted to combine that with like the mentoring in my program because 
if I was just super, super soft and mellow and I was flowy and I was kind of just flowing around all the time, it wouldn't be really who I was. And I wanted to make sure that when I delivered a program or anything that I, you know, the one-on-one -on -one coaching, what I'm doing, I wanted to make sure that it was with my flavor of hype, but understanding that they're going to get that utmost level of care, you know, and support and understanding from someone that has been there. So I kind of, I'm like you, I'm like both. I understand the pause. I understand the flow but there's also that hype girl in me too. And I know yes. we all have her in us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So speaking of which, tell us about this, this new guide um, and this, this inner critic that you're addressing and trying to help us get a control on. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I have noticed just in, as I was developing my program, as I'm talking to people, having conversations on Instagram and social media there's always, everybody has this conversation around the inner critic, right? And it's usually always the voice in our head. But the thing is, is that we identify with that voice. We think it is us. And I've noticed just with working with people, they'll be like, you know, I'm always telling myself this, or I'm always telling myself that. And a lot of times what they're saying is not exactly their inner hype girl. That is not their highest self. That's not who would be saying that. And I'm like, the inner critic drives a lot of anxiousness and stress and overwhelm, right? Because then we can kind of just spiral into those thoughts in that mm. voice. And I'm like, you know what? There's got to be a way that we can just transform that inner critic and really recognize it for what it is. And that was a pattern. That was a pattern I was seeing. It was really making people hesitate on their goals and dreams. It was making people feel less than they were. It was making people uh, worry and feel anxious about things that hadn't even happened yet. And the voice, of course, is widespread. You know, it can say so many different things, but I created this guide and it's like, stop hating on yourself so you can finally go after what you truly want. And it's, it's a guide that takes you step by step into dissecting that inner critic so that you can pinpoint it, identify it, and dig a little bit deeper because there's always a reason that the inner critic is there and it really focuses on the problem and not the solution. Mm -hmm. So you, you'll know when it's the inner critic because it's usually not nice and it's focusing on the problem and it's not really trying to help you with the solution. Oh, that's so, so good. I, I think there's so much to be said for the root problem and whatever, however it shows up, if you can dial into that, then yes, it may be hard work. Yes. It may get, you know, hairy and scary before it gets better, but like, that's going to be the thing that puts more control in your hands that lets you turn the ship that lets you feel the real sort of sense of freedom that comes from being shackled by something that's just really taking control of your life and i think that this uh this guide will really be a benefit to people and, and so much of what you do really is if you guys are looking for a great account to follow on instagram get into the show notes and connect um through instagram get on her website, get on her podcast. I want to grow up and be like you when it comes to podcasts because <laughs> I love what you put out there. It's so great. And it's such a good message for all of us, for all of us at different ages. Um, because I feel like, again, we go through seasons and we're always going to be, you know, seeing an obstacle in our path or up against a climb. And, you know, that's when I feel like anxiety and panic is at its best, right? Because oh, yeah. we're unsure of ourselves. 
there's fear. And so you've given us a lot of hope today that one, you know, we can move past that, but we know how to deal with ourselves and our feelings and that we're not too different than anybody else. We're all kind of going through that stuff. And it's good to know that there's some help for us um, and that we're not alone. And there's more than anything, there's hope for us to be able to heal, to grow, to get stronger. And I love the, the idea that our recovery time can be less and less the more you know we bring it to the surface and we bring it to the light coincidentally as this podcast is being released it's um mental health awareness month and we would we will have just celebrated uh world mental health day which i think is the 10th of october so this is a perfect timing if you're thinking about how you can best um, maybe talk, talk yourself through or work yourself through um, some issues when it comes to stress and anxiety. It's perfectly timed, I think. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise, your heart, your story. I know it'll be encouraging to so many people who, who listen. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. I'm, a, I'm definitely, I, I love being able to share because I know that it inspires other people to maybe not only share, but just take action. Mm. And I think that's so, so important to just move the needle forward a little bit, even if it doesn't feel like it's a lot. Progress is progress. You know, yes. there is healing that you can heal, you can grow, you can transform but it really all boils down to the decision and the choice to do so. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. So I can't let you go without a couple of rapid fire questions. Ooh, okay. <laughs> totally off topic, totally off topic, but, but fun. Okay. Uh, just so we get to know you a little better. So sure. on a day when you need to like maybe loosen up and bust out of hard work day, what's your go-to jam song? Ooh, um, Sia, the greatest. Ah, good one. Good one. Very loud, moving around. I see you on Instagram. You know how to shake it. (laughs) (laughs) Dancing is such good therapy. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is, um, one of the best books that you've read that's really been impactful for you? Mm -hmm. Mm. Man. Honestly, there's so many. You would have to, you would have to say that. I was like, oh no. (laughs) Honestly, you know what? The first one that, that I actually, someone gave me a second copy. I'm looking at it right now. Um, Someone gave me a second copy of it too. Um, I want it and I need to pass it forward, but it was one of the first books that left an impact and it's, you are a badass. Jin's Sincero, yeah, Jin Sincero, you are a badass. That that's, and then the follow up is you are a badass at making money. But you are a badass is one of those ones that just leaves an, an impact. Yes, that is a really great book. I actually have like a pocket version of that that isn't the whole book, but it's just like, um, you know, maybe three or four sentences that you can just flip through real quick and get a little jolt of yeah, you know, that confidence. Boost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really good. I, I like having that on my bookshelf back there. Um, okay, so we touched on music. We touched on books. What's been some of the best advice that you received and from whom? Mm. So... I would say, I definitely say her, uh, my, my life coach <laughs> from earlier in the year. I mean, coaches, ha- coaches, mentors and coaches, we all have um, mentors and coaches of our own. Uh, Taylor, she's truly amazing. And, you know, one of the best pieces of advice that she gave me is that 
you know, anything that you have a nudge towards, anything that you have an inkling of curiosity for, go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know, she really taught me that those things manifest for a reason. And even if it's not something that you do forever, it might lead to the thing that you do forever. So when you have a nudge of curiosity, go explore it, explore oh. everything, you know, yeah. Yeah. And that, that definitely from her was one of the best things I, I, I've got. I love that because life is meant to be tried on for size. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to figure out what fits and figure out what doesn't work. And none of that's a bad thing because you're just learning more about yourself and what you're really geared for. And, you know, it's, it's what makes the journey so special because we're not stopping. We're just continuing to look for ways we can, you know, be better at who we are naturally, authentically, you know, who yeah. we are. So I love Absolutely. it. Well, we call this the Live Revised Podcast for a reason, because a lot of what you said is the fact that we want people to make a change just a little bit better, a little bit more, moving the gauge just a little bit um, every day towards whatever it is that they're working on or they want to get better or maybe even heal from. So what would be your last little bit of advice for someone who's thinking, this is an area I want to move the gauge on or I want to start revising and changing in my life? Uh, If someone's thinking that right now and they're listening and they're like, man, I just want to kind of move forward. I just want to remind you that you are capable of doing just about anything. Um, You can want something all you want, but until you actually start taking small bits of action, you won't see the results that you desire. So it really is. And it's not pressure. It's not me like hammering anything down. Um, It's just letting you know that it's all in you. Everything that you need is all within you. Oh, so good. Kat, you and I could sit here and talk for days, I think, about this stuff. But it's always so encouraging to be in the space of someone who is like-minded or at least has the same sort of passion to see people just really excel and be the best that they can be and whatever that looks like, however that looks like for them. So thank you for for sharing your your insight and your expertise. And I know um, people will be touched and encouraged and filled with some inspiration and hope. Uh, by what you shared with us today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is absolutely amazing. And I appreciate everything that you're doing too. So I'm I'm just really grateful for you. Oh, well, back at you, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so many good things in Kat's advice and her wisdom and her story. I hope no matter what level you may find yourself on when we measure anxiety to extreme panic attacks, to those momentary situations that may quicken your heart a little bit, wherever you may be on that scale, I hope that you found a couple of takeaways to help you, especially as we move into the holiday season, but just throughout life, because life is hard and there are days that definitely strike up some anxiety for us all. Be sure that you check out the podcast uh, show notes and check the different links that are available for you to reach out to Kat. I know she has a lot of great resources for you. She's got a free guided meditation series that you can sign up to receive, and she will be providing her inner critic guide, how to stop hating yourself here real soon. So make sure you contact her throughout her channels and through her website, and we will see you next week.